Hello, thank you for joining us in what is the second multimedia entry in our Pathways series. I'm delighted to say today I am joined by Chris Conroy, who is the Chief Data Officer of Future Anthem. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for those of you who are familiar with the series, you'll know we kind of start in a very familiar way and then we'll kind of see where, where we get to along the conversation. So with that in mind, we will start in the same place we always do, which is by asking you if it was always a plan to get into the gambling industry. Where could your career have kind of gone down any other paths? No, I, d I definitely didn't envisage uh, going how it's gone. It wasn't really a big plan to get into gambling. So I think, uh, yeah, it could have gone a few different ways. I uh, started off in finance. Uh, that, that was always my plan. Uh, quite kind of studied maths and economics at uni and ended up in Jersey uh, working in finance, HSBC. And that was the kind of career. And then after a while, I realised that that wasn't the career. Uh, then, then I was in public transport. Uh, for, for quite a few years, which is actually, sounds really boring, it's actually really quite enjoyable from a kind of data and especially economics perspective. So now finance and public transport could easily have uh, taken me, but yeah, I kind of ended up in gambling. So what was it that eventually got you into the industry? Uh, just, yeah, no, purely purely by chance. So, I mean, like I was uh, I was somebody who kind of enjoyed uh, and, and enjoyed a bit of gambling in my spare time, uh, played a bit of poker at the time, but now I... Basically, I was in a job uh, quite happily in public transport, and, uh, and my boss, who was like the commercial director, uh, left the business and, and went to join a gambling company. And then a few months later, I met him for a beer, and he was uh, kind of started tapping me up a little bit. And uh, yeah, so uh, then very quickly ended up going for an interview, and, and suddenly I was working for a uh, rank group. Well, at the time, it was it was rank group by yeah, Grovner Casinos. Uh, so I actually started off in the kind of Quite, quite funny because I've ended up very much in the digital space, but yeah, started off in the retail uh, casino space, which was a really interesting place to be. That was in like 2011, so it just kind of, uh, yeah, retail was a really interesting place at that time because it kind of came through the smoking ban, uh, taking a big hit after the smoking ban and the kind of, you know, mid to late 2000s. And then Grovner especially had, had really probably got ahead of the game in the UK and, and, and saw the opportunity and maybe even necessity change from these kind of like you know smoky basements almost which casinos in the uk were you know some of the regulations in the old days were like 24 hour 24 hour period so you had to go and you know register with them and then you couldn't play for 24 hours and and that world kind of i think led to very small clubs with quite high spending customer bases it wasn't a it wasn't a leisure experience it was a it was a very like you know it was a very it was an experience for a small number of people and yeah, Grovner really saw the opportunity to change it into a leisure experience. They invested quite heavily in these really big leisure-style venues, really nice big bars, big poker rooms. And, and I joined around the time where they, they really started to get data for the first time. Uh, they had implemented quite a widespread loyalty scheme, which I think they were the first casino in the UK. And suddenly they had all this data, and, and they started to really build out a kind of data function when I joined. So it was a really... Kind of interesting time and then quite quickly after that Grovner uh you know put a got an acquisition offer in for their kind of like second biggest competitor who was gala casinos uh, so suddenly we went from you know uh, suddenly having data from the big data for the first time to you know buying a competitor went through monopolies well competition commission or monopolies and mergers i can't remember what it was called at the time so yeah interesting time in the industry for sure and when you talk about that, you talk about the smoking ban and the challenges that cropped up with there, and then you kind of spoke about the role of data and kind of the progression and the path that they progressed along there. 
how key would you say that that data played and like the, the loyalty scheme they put in place and gathering all that in particular with the, with the merger? I mean, it was fundamental, right? Because again, back in the day and, and people in the digital world just won't know anything about this, but back in the day in casinos in the UK, they, they actually tracked players manually uh, and casinos were so small. Uh, again, in the early to mid two thousands, that they would track the high value pl- or the the high value players, majority of the players, and and that's what they did. So they were, you know, they were literally writing it down on a piece of paper. You know, Craig uh, walked into the casino and and they used to call it drop, dropped a hundred pound, bought a hundred pound of chips, and, and that's what they did. And then you know, as they started to develop these big leisure venues, then yeah, data was fundamental because there was also a key thing, you know, regulation in, in the in the retail casino space. You know, you can only open casinos in certain regulated places. So data was massive because it wasn't just about the the loyalty card data that was coming in through the uh like through the systems. It was also about should we open a casino in location X? And then you would have to get all this kind of like mapping style data to see, okay, what's the what's the type of people that live around here? How similar are they to people that live around our current casinos? What would they be likely to spend if we invest, you know, X million in this casino? Will there be a payback over the period? So I think that kind of that kind of period from like 2010 to 2015 in retail, you know, it really was it was a bit of a data race. Uh, there was a bit of a race between like Crofton and Genting on, you know, with these big leisure venues. It was about customer acquisition, customer experience, leisure experience, all driven and backed by like marketing and CRM. So again, really really focused on data, understanding your customers, what offers. And it was all quite still, you know, when we talked about offers getting sent out in those days, right, you were targeting people via data, but then they would actually get like a voucher dropped through their door. So, you know, it was still, it was a bit of a crossover between the, the new digital world and, and the old kind of like retail retail world. So, so yeah, like it really drove, I think, the change in the industry and the and the retail space. If you look at that change in the industry, um, um... We'll take a step back and look at your own personal progression in, in a little while, but you look at the, can you say you've been in industry for quite a while, you've seen all these changes, what would you kind of assess as the kind of some of the changes are, looking at maybe the better and the worse? I think data and the use of data is one of the biggest changes, and, and it's not even even just the, the, the data and the use of data, it's probably the level of importance that people place on it. Uh, you know, when I, when I came into the industry, and, and this wasn't just in gambling, this was in most industries, like, it was just it was just another thing, you know. You had data and you had operations, you had marketing, you had all these other things. And I think you know, obviously, with the with the rise of the you know the big uh, e-commerce and 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 social content brands from like two thousand onwards, it, you know, suddenly and I've thought of this a lot in the past. Like it was this concept of like machine learning coming out out of these like laboratories and and places like Berkeley and actually into into the the commercial world, and and that happened. You know, in Silicon Valley in the early two thousands or the late nineties, in fact, and and for industries like ours, you know, everybody caught up eventually. So data has been massive, and, and that is probably the biggest change. And I think everybody knows the. I think that's a change for both the better and the worse. On the better side of data, I think it's great. You know, we're better at understanding players, personalizing, targeting. On the worse side, if I'm honest, I think uh, I think we still got. Within the industry in general, I think there's still a long way to go in terms of understanding how to manage data, how to use data. So I think I think that still provides a challenge. And I think the other big thing is obviously uh, regulation, and and it's not really regulation. I think it's better to say the understanding of 
of player behaviours and players who may be, you know, displaying signs of risk. And that shouldn't be about regulation per se. I mean, for sure, regulators are, are going to have a big part to play in that. But really, that should be about, you know, all of us in the industry just just understanding that and using things like data to get better at managing, you know, those potential risks. And I think, you know, that has been a massive change. I think the biggest positive change in the industry has been a real crossover from the management of problems, which it, which it was when I entered the industry. It was if somebody's identified a problem, that's something that has to be managed and, and controlled. And it's really moved, I think, from the management of problems to the always finding problems before they start. And that's obviously what we're using data for within the, the kind of safer play world. It's about you know predicting risk before it happens, finding early signals of risk. So, so again, I think these are actually real positives. I know from when we spoke previously uh, in London not too long back, the whole safer gambling uh, conversation was one thing that you spoke quite passionately about um, for, for quite some length. And I know you. one thing you really emphasised was this necessity to kind of put safer gambling through kind of this, every aspect of a company, every operation, every division that this company may have, and not just have kind of this separate safer gambling team that's responsible for it but to really embed that throughout every company across the industry. Um, I was thinking if you could kind of elaborate a little bit on that and explain just why that is so key. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think that what you just mentioned there is fundamental. And I think, you know, when we, you know, we are in the industry and, and, and out, you know, various clients and, and not just clients, but events like Ace and catching up with everybody, I think we see a lot of operators moving in this direction. So I think the concept is, Again, like previously and, and, and a number of years ago, you'd have this, you know, a compliance team over here that's theoretically responsible for, for player safety and almost your commercial and operation, operational teams over there. And, and when you think about it, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because if, if your commercial and operational teams are responsible for your website, for your player experience, for your marketing, then how can you possibly have a compliance team sitting over here that's responsible for player safety? Because player safety has to manifest itself on your website, within your player experience, within your marketing. But yeah, I think we, we do see a big shift there. Uh, and I think, you know, definitely the the operators that are starting to win in the market. And I think definitely the, the operators that are really starting to, to to focus the most in this area have done this already, right? They've, they've really pushed all these things together so that they don't have this whole concept of, you know, compliance sitting outside of the business. And, and really they have moved to, much more integration and i think that's how it has to be you know your you know the, the person who's responsible for player safety needs to be really close to your marketing team because they are the people who are communicating with customers and they need to be really close to the people who are driving on site experience because that's where the customers are playing so so I, th I think just integrating all those things uh in terms of your operation is fundamental We've kind of looked at a lot of different issues here. I'd like to kind of take a step back, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, and take a look at maybe your own personal journey. What, how would you assess your personal journey through through the industry? Uh, I think in common with many people who who somehow find themselves in, in a kind of uh, at a half decent position eventually, like one interspersed with a lot of luck, uh, and I'll be honest, not a great deal of planning. Uh, so I think it was just kind of one of those people that just. So I joined company, joined a company at the right time, and 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 kind of almost things happened in quite a good way. So you know, I joined, I, I joined initially Grosvenor Casinos. I think, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we we quite soon after that acquired, you know, Gala, which were our you know second biggest competitor. So 
almost immediately that was a bit of an elevation because I went from a, a role that was looking after, you know, 35 casinos and, and the data analytics around that to like 55 casinos within within a period. Unfortunately, I had to go through a you know 18 month to two year process with the competition commission. Uh, and interestingly, I just went through that process in my previous job. So I do wonder whether the main reason that the, the person we talked about poached me across was simply because of my competition commission experience. But uh, but yeah, and then, you know, once once we'd done that whole kind of like gala thing, which was a really interesting world, at, at one point we had like the, the Grovner database here and the gala database here, and we were trying to run kind of integrated marketing and, and we we're having to do a lot of work in the background to, to keep it all joined up, which was, you know, that was just how things were around 2013. And, and then, you know, uh, there was a big new uh, push to then get Grovner to be an established brand online. So again, Grovner had been a really small brand online, you know, whereas within the rank portfolio, you had, you had Mecca and Blue Square that were really big online brands. So so, so then there was a big move into to building out the, the Grovner brand. You know, they brought in a whole new, like very experienced digital team over in Gibraltar. And, and given where I was sitting within retail and, and looking after the data, I kind of, I kind of just almost then moved into a role that also encompassed Grovner Digital, which started off very small. But again, with that really experienced operational team over in Gibraltar and marketing team, like started to grow very quickly. So I kind of, I kind of grew through that. And, and again, really fortunate for me because I'd never worked in digital before. So suddenly I kind of a whole digital experience. And, and I think then from there, you know, just uh, we, we then went through a few different evolutions. Uh, I, I, and then I think at one point, you know, there was a step back. We were very much in an old-fashioned data analytics world, you know, managed to secure some kind of internal investment to build out a data science function. So, so yeah, kind of in a role that started off with 35 retail casinos, ended up with a kind of a machine learning team and a, and a, and a massive, like, Azure data platform. So, so, yeah, I guess that's how it goes. And, uh, you know, left once I left that role, I was actually on my way out of the industry, you know, I guess uh, I know a few people have been in this position where you kind of, you feel like you've done your thing. Uh, and I felt like, you know, I built a data science function in the gambling industry and it might be quite fun to try it elsewhere. But, you know, a bit like, uh, a bit like the old line, uh, you know, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Uh, so, yeah, kind of on the way out of the industry and I bumped into to Lee, who's, who's our CEO and founder. And, you know, uh, and I've had a bit of a chat, uh, pitched with this vision about this uh, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, gambling data business that he was in the process of building. And, and yeah, I guess here I am now. And to end, we'll end as we always end um, in these features, which is to say, if you could ask, when I would say the 100 Club or just the industry in general, if you could task them with one question, what would that question be to the industry? Uh, why are we not better at technology? <laughs> It's a great question. Thanks a lot for your time today. I really appreciate no it. No problem. Thanks very much.